Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. What did MTV personality Kurt Loder do on the channel? I was a DJ. This store has chicken bakes and a new rule of mandatory masks. Yeah. In the Triple Stupid, we told you he's a Star Wars hero, but an aviator zero. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yesterday at Moonlight Beach, there was an incident. Was it a shark attack or a stingray sting? That was a stingray sting. This actress, comedian, starred in Keanu Girls Trip Night School, but she also gave us some online dating advice this morning. Who is she? Oh, shoot, I... I didn't hear that this morning. That's all right. Final score, 4-2 in favor of Danielle David. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being a part of the radio station. Uh, we, we have to ask you to do the thing, though. I have been defeated by Danielle. Yes, sir, you have. Thank you so much, David. Love you, girl. You're awesome, guys. Welcome to the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music between 1974 and 1999. Once again, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for being here. I'm Uncle Greg. We also have Brett Vargo and Bueno with us today. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Pretty good. Hello, Governor. What's no, up? Hello, Governor's not working either. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying out intros. Was it Howdy last week? Yeah, howdy. I tried Howdy. Time, yeah. But you know, you're going right. to find your, yeah, you got to find your little catchphrase. Mine, when I was on alternative yeah. music, was that's the fact, Jack, when I did my little angry rant, politically incorrect yet touching <laughs> moment. It actually oh. it made it on to uh, Survivor. A guy from here in Phoenix started saying that on Survivor. Really? So a lot of us felt it was because he must have listened to my stuff. Now, it he could be must not, have. But that's what everyone thought. I Always know. getting ripped off. No, it wasn't ripped Always. off. That's the fact, Jack. That's uh, Stripes. Yeah. From the movie, so yeah, yeah, Bill Murray. But mine would just really be well. B. Bueno. That's it, straight up. And but yours is sticking, easy. though, Bueno. Well, it that is. sticks. Yeah. 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 Howdy, you got a shirt. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. See, look <laughs> at that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if you do want a Bueno shirt, don't forget you can go to our Facebook page. Just right there in the little search engine, you put in only three lads, then you like us, so that you get notifications, so you know when the next episode comes up. Actually, last week we were taking a look at our top five songs of 1975. Today we're taking a look at our top five songs of 1994 so if you have your five favorite songs from 1994 go to our facebook page put it on there and maybe we'll be talking about it i know that this list was really hard for me this week this was my first full year in alternative radio back at the edge it was still called modern rock in 1994 they had the modern rock charts uh so it's really tough for me this week because there's a lot of great music that came out in 94 bush that is a band that came out in 94 yes it was the end of 94 that's a band is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, uh, you didn't pick Bush, did you? 
I did not. Not this week. And I, I was more shocked than anybody, more shocked yeah. than you guys. But well, yeah. I, I have a very fun list. And how I did it, I was telling Brett this earlier, Bueno, is that how I do it is I don't care about crossovers. If we have the same songs, it just means that great minds think alike. But yep. what I was thinking about when I first heard the song, and if it stood the test of time, if I still listen to it today or when I hear it, I go, oh, love this song. And all of the songs on my list do that yep. for me. To me, it's the best year of the 90s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it was the year that I turned 20 and I was swept up in the whole Britpop scene. Um, so I have, a, I have a huge personal attachment to a lot of this music. So just to forewarn you guys, this is probably going to be about as obvious <laughs> as I will ever get on an episode. Obvious? So you have been forewarned. But you've been obvious a couple times before. <laughs> So uh, just we just want to say happy birthday to our uh, favorite program director in the universe. You know, our friend uh, Garrett Michaels over there at 91X. And was it Big 100 FM also? Yeah, Big 100. Point happy seven. birthday there, brother. So, happy uh, birthday, Garrett. Greg? Well, happy birthday, yes. All right, well, let's get into our list, our top five songs of 1994. Now, this was a band that I brought up in one of the past episodes. Uh, it was Richard Butler's band, While the Psychedelic First, took time off in the early 90s, of course, Love Spit Love. My number five song this week is Change in the Weather. Now, it kills me that this band is most known by people by when they did the Smiths cover of How Soon Is Now, which is a great cover. Yeah. Listen to it. Love it. It was on the CW show Charmed. That was probably the high point for this band. But I talked about meeting Richard Butler, doing a, a concert with him with, at a place in Tempe right off Mill Avenue. And I believe it's Fifth Street. It's called Hayden Square Amphitheater. And they were yeah, sound is. checking on stage. I'm sitting there just talking to him as they're sound checking and playing this song. But I remember just really enjoying this. Look at my This was a band that never really made it into radio's A rotation, so they didn't get burned out, but I think they should have. They had a uh, Am I Wrong came off this first album in 94, Great song. Change in the Weather, uh, but this was my song that I really, really jumped onto, and I listened to it all the time. So my number five of the top five songs of 1994 is Love Spit Love, Change in the Weather. Love it. Yeah. Great. Anything with love. Anything with love or Richard Butler and yes, or... Yes, All right, Brett, what's your number five? Poor, poor number five. I really struggled with the number five. I had Connection by Elastica, For the Dead by Gene, Kinder Murder by Elvis Costello. And then I eventually settled on Portishead Sour Times. Awesome. Sour Times is the Bristol Group's second single released on August 1st, 1994. This sound epitomized mid-90s trip-hop with its bewitching blend of icy, cool 60s spy flick guitar, a down-tempo hip-hop shuffling drum pattern, and Beth Gibbons' Cage Songbird vocals, which sound like they could have been flown in from a 40s jazz record. It was a record that sounded instantly familiar, as it should, because it was built around samples from uh, Lalo Schifrin's Danube incident from the Mission Impossible TV series in 
somehow 25 years after that, Portishead managed to make it sound fresh, exciting, and new, all the while we're retaining and bettering, in my opinion, the sexiness, mystery, and intrigue of the original piece. The record peaked at number 13 in the UK, number 53 on the Billboard 100, and number five on the US Alternative Songs chart. This track, just like its parent album, Dummy, is an entrancing listen, and it is my number five top song in 1994. I'm sorry, what was that? What was what? Uh, nothing. My number five. I think it's my turn right now, huh? <laughs> bueno. <laughs> my number five is, is an incredible song released on June 6, 1994. It is a song by the alternative rock trio Dead Eye Dick. You guys know that guy, huh? I do. Yeah. From I their the first song. album, A Different Story, the soundtrack to the 1994 film Dumb and Dumber. It's used in that movie, and that why actually helped widen that song's popularity. Peaked at twenty-seven on the Billboard Hot 100 in January '95, and it's actually uh, ensured them as a one-hit wonder status. New Age Girl originated uh, from a riff that Khalib uh, was a Gilead to probably really just destroyed his last name, so I probably won't say that again. Uh, thought of it in the shower actually after being recorded on a cassette along with four other songs. The track became a local radio hit, prompting Ichiban Records to sign the band. Clive Davis of uh, Elastic Records, or Electra Records, one of those places, attempted to sign the band afterwards and re-recorded New Age Girl, but the band decided against it. The The, the song itself uh, features lyrics about a socially conscious uh, vegetarian girl. You guys heard, remember this part named Mary oh, Moon, absolutely. you know? What was mm-hmm. her famous uh, lyric that she said? She don't like meat. She don't eat meat, but, meat, but she sure, but she likes sure the like bone. the bone. Yeah, that's the one. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that pretty much says the song. And Kaleep said this. I wouldn't blame anybody for taking me lightly as a lyricist if they listened to that song because it's just a silly song that didn't require a great deal of thought or emotional investment. Absolutely, it did almost right itself. Uh, one thing I did do is absolutely worked for what I needed it to be. The song itself sounds rockish, but that riff almost could sound a little comical. You know, and they supported each other, and I think that had a lot to do with the song's success. Uh, released by RCA in the first single from the soundtrack, RCA also created a video for the song with featured uh, pumpkin-headed people running on a farm. And like I said, the, that song was actually their one-hit wonder, but he also reflected later that the that song hadn't been a hit people would you know have sort of think of them just as a cool band but all of a sudden you know with those woulda shoulda couldas they were lucky and they were fortunate that even you know to live out some of their pre-permanent rock and roll dreams so you know they had a nice ride with that song so uh, uh that's my number five dead air dick new age girl i would love to be a one-hit wonder I would love to be a 10 hit wonder, but yeah, but one, I would take one. I don't see anything bad about that. Yeah. See what it did for him. Did some stuff for him. him? What did it do? Uh, You know, I'm not going to really say, but uh, it looked like he did some (laughs) stuff after it. I was kind of reading up on him, but uh, we'll just let that go another time. If it allows you to sustain some sort of career, it's, it's working. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. Or opens yeah. a door. It works. Yeah. That, that's nope. awesome. That's what it said. Yeah. That's what he said. So. All right. Well, we're up to my number four, top five songs of 1994. I think this one's a little bit of a curveball I'm going to throw at you guys. You guys would never think that I would pick this song. But talk about a song that had an emotional effect on so many kinds of people, so many different people all over the world. Uh, this song hit number one in over 10 countries in Ireland, Norway, Sweden, and Zimbabwe. Wow. Enigma, Return to Innocence. This is my number four this oh, week. Awesome. In the U.S., it was number two on the Modern Rock uh, charts, uh, number six on Casey Kasem's Billboard, you know, top 40. Casey uh, Kasem. So, yeah, so he was number, it hit number six there. It was, and, and the drum sample in this song is John Bonham. It was taken from Led Zeppelin's song, When the Levee Breaks. So <laughs> Enigma, Return to Innocence. Whenever I'm feeling blue, anything, it's such a powerful message, too, because especially for those who may be scared because of the pandemic or you're having a dark time in your life, just the lyrics. Uh, that's not the beginning of the end. That's the return to yourself, the return to innocence. Love this song. That's why it made number four here on my list of the top five songs of 1994. Wow. Well, see, I, I think we have fun guessing what each other would pick. Yep. And Enigma never crossed my mind. I have this CD. I just love the song. Yeah, it's great. Song. But I think that if you guys listen to my picks from past episodes, you wouldn't. I don't think you would think Greg's going to pick Enigma this week. You guys would say Greg's going to pick Bush this week but not Enigma. Tori Amos, come on, man. Yeah, well, she, she may be on the list, she may not. Because yeah, this was songs. If it was albums or artists, different story. Yeah. Songs of 1994. So that's yeah, what I went She's with. probably on there. Brett? <laughs> All right, my number four is the opening salvo from one of my favorite bands of the era, Supergrass, and their first single, Caught by the Fuzz. The song was released in August 1994 on a seven-inch single by independent label Backbeat Records and subsequently reissued in a slightly different version a couple months later when they signed to Parlophone. Fast, bratty, and musically exuberant, although lyrically pretty rueful, it was the first Supergrass song I heard and was hooked immediately. My first thought was, wow, it sounds like the Buzzcocks, which in my world is a great thing. The song, as you may be able to stitch together from its title, chronicles lead singer Gaz Coombs' actual arrest for possession of marijuana at the age of 15. Now, I don't have any first-hand experiences to connect me to the song as someone who's never done drugs or ever been arrested, but this song just sounds like youth, perfectly capturing the follies and occasional recklessness of being a teenager. And of course, that makes perfect sense, as Gaz was only 18 years old when this song was released. And me, having only just turned 20 when I first heard it, could relate, if not in subject matter, in spirit. Major chart success was still a few months away for the boys, but the single hit a respectable number 43 in the UK. And more importantly for indie cred, it finished at number 5 on John Peel's Festive 50 in 94. 
And now it is my number four song of 1994, Caught by the Fuzz by Supergrass. Awesome. Great song. Bueno, what's your number four? All right. So there's a story behind this song and it's going to take not that long, but I'm just going to go right into it. And I was living in Arizona at the time and I was shopping in one of our local supermarkets and I heard this song playing and what a great song. Hope they, you know, back announce it. And of course, you know, it was recorded music just playing, you know, on the airwaves there at this, at the store fast forward. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to call the local alternative radio stations all, all over and I started singing that song to these guys. And uh, I think one of the guys might have might have actually been you, Uncle Greg, because I know I called your station. You know, you probably answered my call and I'm like, hey Good man, event. hey dude, man, I just heard this song and the lyrics are kind of like this and your heart is breaking. What are you going to do now? Do you, Are you tired of faking it? You know, what are you going to do now? Well, it's hard to take it. Well, you know what happens each time. And uh, yeah, I remember that was like 26 years ago, a long time ago. And, you know. Do you remember what you had for breakfast this morning? So uh, back to the story. My song is uh, Matthew Sweet, Devil with the Green Eyes. And actually found that uh, song six years later when actually I ordered uh, that uh, was it the best of 1990 through 2000 and uh, when his when that album time capsule came out and I found that song so that's kind of like my number four Matthew Sweet uh, Devil with the Green Eyes cool he's a great artist six years took me to find that song but you found it and it made your list here on the only three lads podcast it looks like we've been through our first two picks for our top five songs of 1994 now don't forget please go to facebook like our facebook page hit notifications brett does a great job our episodes come out every tuesday morning it's happened 100 of the time but just in like case clockwork. you get notified it's like master brett. exactly and don't forget you can get our show on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio app. That's where usually I get mine. But wherever you get it, make sure and tell your friends. Please tell your enemies uh, because this is a lot of fun for us. I know it's a lot of fun for Brett and Bueno, and we're glad that you're here. Stick around. We're going to be counting down. But coming up, we have our music news, and we'll be back in two and two. Only three left. Bueno, you may live in a St. Louis closet. But that closet is full of music knowledge, experiences, goodwill, and a dead body or two. Only three lads. It's time for your Only Three Lads music news. Misfits fans are getting a chance to both invest and make money off three of the band's albums. The royalties are for the albums recorded in the post-Glenn Danzig era, American Psycho, Famous Monsters, and Cuts from the Crypt. The royalties are being auctioned off through Royalty Exchange. At last check, the bid was over $107,000. Some sad news, Dave Greenfield, the longtime keyboardist and vocalist for the UK band The Stranglers, has passed away at the age of 71. Greenfield had been hospitalized for heart problems, but then contracted COVID-19 and succumbed to complications from the virus. 
New Rage Against the Machine tour dates are here. The band postponed their reunion tour as a result of the coronavirus. The new dates kick off in March of 2021. And that is your only three lads music news. Hey, want to hear something cool? This week, O3L passed the 1,000 download mark. And that's thanks to you, our listeners. We love hearing from you. One of our listeners, Chris Bowden, gave us his top five albums of 1994. They are number five, Blur, Park Life. Love that one. Number four, Therapy, Troublegum. Number three, Prodigy, Music for the Jilted Generation. Number two, Jeff Buckley, Grace. And number one, Oasis, Definitely Maybe, with an honorable mention to Bush, 16 Stone. Thanks for listening, Chris. Keep those lists coming. And now back to the show. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome back to the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. This week, we are talking about our top five songs of 1994. I'm Uncle Greg. We have Brett Vargo and we have Bueno. So far, our list, guys, I love every song. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, here's my number three. There was three huge hits from this band. When this album came out, the, the album was named Purple. I actually have purple vinyl from this album. Stone oh. Temple Pilots, of course, when this came out in 1994, they already had huge success. So when this came out, everybody was just anticipating the great songs off this album. Of course, they had big, empty, interstate love song. And my number three song, Vaseline, came off of that album. Now, uh, in Scott Whelan's autobiography, Not Dead, and not for sale. He said this song was about being stuck again in the same situation over and over again. And it's about him being a junkie and lying to his then wife and lying to his band about his heroin addiction. And I love this song. I love everything about it. I remember when it first came out. It routinely lands on the best grunge songs list. If you ever seen one of those of the best 100 grunge songs, STP Vaseline usually is on that list. And that's my number three song this week for the top five songs of 1994. That's an awesome song. Awesome hmm. band. Brett, have you heard that? Have I heard that song? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've definitely heard that song. Okay, just razzing you. All yeah, right, I, I, I know all the Stone Temple Pilots songs that they played on the radio. Okay. I uh, had not listened to a Stone Temple Pilots album until editing, I guess it was probably episode one. You're getting a little feisty there, huh? <laughs> Who, me? Nah. Who, me? Nah. Not at all. All right, cool. All right, my number three is Oasis's, oh, that's tough to say, debut Oasis. single, Supersonic, released in April 94. So I was between this and the anthemic Live Forever. I knew I had to have an Oasis song in there, but I ultimately went with Supersonic because... One, it's the more lyrically interesting song. And two, it immediately transports me back to the heady early days of Oasis fandom. So being an avid reader of the British music weeklies and still not having that crazy new inner spider web net thing yet, I first started reading about the hype surrounding this new young Manchester band when Supersonic was first released. And I bought into the hype completely, scouring every single cover story I, uh, I could to learn everything I could about this brash band, led by two sparring brothers, one the songwriter and one the lead singer. They worshipped at the altar of the Beatles, of course, 
yet boastfully claimed that they were better and would be bigger than their heroes. So naturally, as soon as the import four track CD single hit the racks at Off the Record in San Diego, I was right there to pick it up. And boy, did it ever live up to the hype. Now, it actually took me a few listens to really absorb all of it because I had never heard a song cut so loud. And this was a few years before the loudness wars really took flight, uh, where mastering engineers battled with one another to make their song louder than the last at the expense of dynamics. But that's a rant for another day. Liam Gallagher sneered and snarled like the offspring of John Lennon and John Lydon. The band had the swagger of the Stone Roses, and Noel's lyrics were simple but playfully effective. Can I ride with you in your BMW? You can sail with me in my yellow submarine. I know a girl called Elsa. She's into Alka-Seltzer. She sniffs it through a cane on a supersonic train. Great, weird lyrics. Heck, I even developed a brief taste for gin and tonic as a result of this song. (laughs) I always stuck with Oasis throughout their 15-year career, but even I can admit that within a few years, they became self-indulgent and a little predictable, but supersonic will always forever remind me of how exciting it was to be a fan at that time. And that's my number three, Supersonic by Oasis. Incredible song, dude. Nice yeah, was. Really nice pick. I'm just surprised that Oasis didn't become as big in America as they were in the UK. Because if you remember, back in their heyday, there was, I guess, a recording of the two brothers fighting. And that actually charted on the yes, charts yeah. in the Wibbling UK. Rivalry. I have a copy right. of it on, yep. on uh, vinyl and CD. And so they just never made a huge, huge, I mean, they were big. Oasis was a big band here, but they weren't, you know, they weren't metallic. They weren't, you know, they weren't like a huge band, but they got a lot of play. And during that time, and then I think that the brothers fighting overtook the music after a while, especially here. You just got to stop their BS, man, and just get it going. I mean, there's a lot of money there to be made. Come on, guys. People are just dying for you guys to come back. Quit messing around like the two monkeys fighting each other. Well, Liam's yeah. trying to get them back together, but then I don't know. We'll see what yeah. happens. I know that now Liam's complaining about, yeah. uh, you know, the, the his brother and the other guys in the band. They are going to re-release something, and he's not too fond of it. I don't know, but just there's do a, it. There's a demo that Noel just put out. That's probably what it is. They got to do it. I know what it is not having a brother, so just do it, guys. Come on. So before I get to my number three, guys, I have a question for you, lads. Uh, Do you know why I put three hearts and three music symbols behind all my emails? Because love and music are very important to you. Yeah, that's one of the things. But the major thing is because it has to do with basketball and me going to play and shooting three-pointers and love for my life and music and basketball. So, so lads, bear with me for a second. I need to tell a story. So two years ago, diagnosed with stage four cancer in three parts of my body, doctors gave me a 70% chance to live four years. And I had one on my neck, one on my stomach, one on my abdomen. Uh, please keep God, love and music and family and prayer and love one another from a distance, but love. So I'm 60 years old and I'm calling out any NBA player that dares to play this 60 year old and I could still play Ask my hoops buddy, uh, CJ Adams, when we, when we play any shooting games. So I'm, t- I'm suggesting that we play a game of out, not horse. So my number three is, uh, actually your, your last one was supernova or, or supersonic. supersonic. Mine is supernova. 
Uh-huh. And uh, by Liz Fair. Uh, released July 23rd, 1994. Uh, incredible song by that girl. I love her too. She's beautiful. Song received heavy rotation on radio stations and its music was quite frequently aired on MTV. That, that song went to number six on the modern rock tracks, number 78 in the Billboard 100. And uh, that song was used on the soundtrack for the love and other drugs. Uh, another beauty, see what we're doing to Uncle Greg now with Tori and now <laughs> me with Cheryl Crow and now Liz Fair. I see a pattern developing. Liz you Fair, know, have you ever seen her eyes up close? Like, really? Beautiful. Yeah, she just, was just beautiful back then. I mean, yeah. then I'm sure she is now. She's actually going on tour with somebody's here. She's soon. beautiful. I, I saw some pictures of her. Yeah, so that's my number three love interest in the universe. Uh, but uh, yeah, her songs went, you know, for, to number 43, number six in the U.S. Alternative. She wrote all the tracks, and that's my number three, Liz Fair, Supernova. Great. Love I that, love so. that you threw down the gauntlet on the uh, the NBA player, and, mm-hmm. and now if if Greg picks uh, super califragilistic, then you know, yep. um, then it'll be really free. <laughs> it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say I, I met Liz Fair a couple times because I worked with this guy. His name was Jared, and he was yeah. an early Pictures? website. Pictures? Uh, no, I, no, no, I don't have any pictures. Uh, like I said, I got the uh, Joey Ramone, and I've never thought of it. I got a few here and there, but I just like I would just talk to him and just be people. But I remember um, sitting there, and um, when people started getting websites, my friend Jared, who worked with me at the Edge, he was a website designer during the day. That was like his day job, and he worked at the alternative radio station on weekends and whenever we needed him. And she, I basically befriended him, and then he built her website. So, she, you know, Jared was always hanging out with her. So I got to see her, her eyes. If you could ever see her eyes up close, like if you see it on the album cover, that's what I remember. Yep. Her, her eyes, yep. they were just beautiful. Okay, yep. creepy. Um, but let's get beautiful. to number two. I like your eyes. Uh-huh. I like your eyes. So I now we got Tori and, and Cheryl, and now, oh my gosh, now we got, okay. So we this got three. Uncle Greg's harem. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, well, they, Bueno's in on this too. Yeah, I'm, I'm in it a little bit too. So, you know. Brett's the only safe one. He's the non creepy one. We've creeped out here, Bueno. All right. I don't know about creeping, just loving people just for who they are. All right. Well, I can only speak for myself. I'm creeping. I'm uh, creeping. <laughs> here is my number two in the top five songs of 1994 talking of beautiful women. Uh, this band had Nina Gordon, Louise Post, Jim uh, Shapiro, and Steve. Lack, I believe is what his name was, but everyone thought that this band was just these two young ladies. And I remember when this first came out, it was stripped down rock and roll, bass, guitar, drums, uh, two girls playing guitar, Veruca Salt, Seether. Love this song when it first came out. And of course, the song is about Luis's vile and uncontrollable temper. Everyone, when this song first came out, they were like, what is the Seether? What is the Seether? Uh, You know, and then I just remember... She would always talk about after probably Volcano Girls came out and the band broke up after that, but now they're back together. But she would uh, say that she would have these massive tantrums and uh, then she would feel bad about it. She could feel them coming on, couldn't stop it. And so she would always refer to her temper and the third person and she called it the seether.
This song, when they first wrote it, they probably thought it's going to be a hit. That's where the band got their name. Uh, and then, of course, I guess what broke up this band, the rumor was back in alternative radio back around 98, 99, is that they were both dating Dave Grohl. Whether this was true or not, I do not know. But I remember this was the rumor that they both were dating him, but he didn't know. So Dave Grohl was standing in the middle dating both these girls. And then when they found out, that was the explosiveness. And so hopefully that wasn't true. Dave Grohl, he's a player, apparently. You cad, Dave Grohl. Yes. Like I said, I don't know if it's true, but I remember those were the rumors. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Those were the rumors. But that's my number two. reach out to us and... Now, let us know for sure. That'd be fantastic, yeah. Mr. Grohl. We love you. I think he's smart enough not to say anything at this point. You know, 21 <laughs> years later, he's got kids. He's like, whatever. Uh-huh. But, but but number two, Veruca Salt, Seether, of my top five songs Great of 1994. So what? I broke up Veruca Salt. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like John Travolta in <laughs> Saturday Night Fever, but whatever. <laughs> hey, my hair, my hair. <laughs> Okay. All right, Brett, you're up. What's your number two? All right. My number two is Do You Remember the First Time by Pulp, released in March 1994. I can remember the exact moment I heard this song. I was driving down the 15 freeway in San Diego on my way to a night class at SDSU, and I had the radio tuned to 91X. They played Do You Remember the First Time, and I was riveted by this track. I knew instantly it was right in my wheelhouse. I got off at the nearest exit so I could listen intently to the song. The lyrical content and vocal delivery was so cool, so confident, so honest, and slightly sleazy. Did I detect a hint of Brian Ferry, Bowie, Nick Cave, Scott Walker? No, that's not it. It didn't really sound like anything else I'd ever heard. I waited for the DJ to back announce the song. Did he say pulp? Well, my mind's made up. I'm skipping class tonight and I'm going straight to the record store, which was not an uncommon occurrence, by the way. Six I was days a terrible away. college student. <laughs> Uh, but I gotta have my priorities. So I headed straight to the warehouse on El Cohen Boulevard and I searched the CD racks for this band called Pulp that I had just heard about. No luck there. Well, I always have to check the used bins just because, you know, that's the bargain hunter in me. And there in the used bin, I found a used cutout copy of His and Hers by Pulp that contained the song. As soon as I went down the collector's rabbit hole, I discovered that what I thought was this new up and coming band had actually been kicking around in some form since 1978, but success had always eluded them. Pulp leader Jarvis Cocker calls Do You Remember the First Time the day modern-day Pulp was born and began a string of UK Top 40 hits that would go unbroken until they went on hiatus in 2002. The song itself finds a narrator singing to an ex-lover, presumably one with whom he's reconnected physically, who needs to get home to her current straight-laced partner who is going to, quote, bore your pants off again, unquote. He recalls their first time together with a combination of fondness and disdain and doesn't really care what she's doing, quote, as long as you save a piece for me, unquote. It's a kind of astute, conversational, somewhat perverse commentary that Cocker excels at, which, along with his gangly, bespectacled looks and Ian Curtis-esque dance moves, would make him one of the most recognizable personas in British pop music. For the song being literally 
the song that stopped me in my tracks and made me a Pulp fan for life, Do You Remember the First Time is my number two song of 1994. Incredible song again. Dang it, dude. You're really hitting everyone for a home run today. I told you. It's a little little obvious for me, but these are songs I love to my core. And they're great songs. Yes. Bueno. Bueno. Oh, so my number two. I know you guys have heard this a thousand times at least. Bang and Blame, R.E.M., October 31st, 1994. Love this record. Monster. Uh, came from the Monster album. Monster. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And this was actually their most successful single by the band in America since uh, 1991's Shiny Happy People. So uh, this peaked in the top 40, peaking at number 19, uh, worldwide number one in Canada. And uh, R.E.M.'s only single to do there and reached uh, top 40 in Australia, Belgium, Finland, Ireland, Ireland Iceland, the Netherlands, uh, New England, New Zealand. What's who's New England? Uh, New Zealand. <laughs> it was big in Boston. <laughs> and then the United Kingdom. Yeah. So uh, despite its success, bang and blame, you know, I got to mess up sometimes. So, you know, keep it going. Here's a list. Here, I'm really going to probably mess this one up here. Here's a list of the countries that the song charted in. Australia, 29. Belgium, 22. Canada, 1. Finland, 10. France, 44. Germany, 74. Iceland, 5. Ireland, 14. That was the mess up. Uh, Netherlands, 26 in their top 40. Netherlands in their top singles, 24. New Zealand, 17. Poland, 6. Scotland, 12. In the UK, singles, 15. Charted number 12 in the rock and metal. Uh, Number 19 on the US Billboard Hot 100. Number 1 on alternative mainstream rock. Number 3, mainstream top 40. Billboard 13. And that is my number 2, REM. Bang and blame. I don't think I realized Bang and Blame was so big. I didn't. I didn't even know it was bigger than What's the Frequency, Kenneth. Yeah, that's why I wanted to point that out. Kind of, oh. it's all over the world with this song. So the kids in New Hampshire song. were loving it. Uh huh. They were loving it there, huh? In New England. Yeah. Yeah. In Vermont, New Hampshire. Everywhere I think up that's, the coast there. That's in New England. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> right? You know your geology. It's, or geography. My geology? <laughs> well, I know that too. I know my rocks. Yeah, well, well, there are rocks. Hey, Plymouth Rock, that's over there yes. in New England. Um, but yes, you're, you're All comes full circle. not geology, your geography. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sometimes I get words wrong, too. All right. Well, hey, guys, we're now up to our number ones. But before we get there, please don't forget, get to our Facebook page. That's where we want to hear from you. Like us, tell your friends, make sure and hit notifications. We're always posting new content all the time. So get there. The Only Three Lads podcast. Like us so that we can get in touch with you anytime we need to. And stick around because we will have our number one songs on our top five songs of 1994 on our list here on the Only Three Lads podcast. Yeah, believe me, guys. I'm laughing so hard. I'm tearing right now. (laughs) Only Three Lads. Brett Vargo. Brit Pop Master and the Chicks Dig em. What? That's not him? <clears throat> Brett Vargo, Brit Pop Master, and his wife says, ugh, he's okay. Only three lads. 
O3L brings you this special PSA. 2020 is a different kind of year. Record Store Day will be different this year, too. In an effort to promote social distancing, Record Store Day will be split into three RSD drops, August 29th, September 26th, and October 24th. But don't wait until then to support your local record store. They need your help now. Check with your local shop owners to see if they are doing mail order, delivery, or curbside business right now, and support them. Their livelihood depends on it, and you get some new music in these highly unusual times. The more you know. Only three lads. Uncle Greg. Like a child, he's an ADHD mess. You know he's a window licker, right? Ooh, something sparkly. Only three lads. Welcome back to the Only Three Lads podcast. I'm Uncle Greg. We have Brett Varga. We have Bueno. This week, we're counting down our top five songs of 1994, 26 years ago. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. Like yesterday. But a lot of great music in 94, though. I I think this was probably one of the strongest years for music when the whole alternative music scene bubbled up. I think it was pure. It was rock. People were trying to do different things. There was a lot of labels putting out different songs. Uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but I think that this was really the year when the independent record label, everything started to constrict where the big labels started gobbling up all these little labels because you had, um, people, you know, like, I don't know, um, Farouk Assault, who was on a, you know, indie label and all these bands that were on indie labels getting big hits. And then that's when you kind of got this contraction where all the big labels were gobbling up like a Mago, you know, Rollins band, Liar. That song would have never come out nowadays because you have to make money now. Every single song you put out or album, you have to make money or that label has a chance of going out of business. But back this in the 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of labels, so a lot of different kind of music and a lot of people taking chances. There's just not that many chances being taken nowadays, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, major label A&R guys were also still looking for the next Seattle, right? They're looking for the next right. big money maker. And that was Tempe, Arizona with Gin Blossoms, because then you got yep. a lot of that jangle rock going on mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And it was about this time, 1994, when all of the bands, they found Gin Blossoms. And then there was Dead Hot Workshop. The refreshments. There was all these bands that came out of there. Pistoleros. Gosh, there was a lot of great bands in the early nineties. They're on Tempe Mill Avenue. Yeah, I remember hanging down in downtown Tempe, man. Yeah. Well, Mill Avenue now is a corporate wasteland. It's not as good. Totally. But downtown different. Phoenix. That's where it's becoming the new Mill Avenue. Yep. So you guys ready to get to our number ones on our top five of nineteen ninety four? Heck yes, we yeah. are. All right. Well, yeah. okay. what a question to ask. Well, <laughs> number wanted one. to get us there. I thought I was going on too long, rambling, but sometimes I do that. But uh, for what? my number one, for my number one, uh, many say this guy goofed himself into a career with this song. It had a bluesy slide guitar riff with a hip hop beat. And many uh, say that this song really defined the 90s. Of course, it's Beck's Loser. Now, I remember the first time a record rep came into the radio station and played this song. The Edge program director, John Edison, had us listen to it, and instantly I was hooked. Uh, basically, this song, it just really inverted modern rock radio by having weirdness going mainstream. And the first time you just heard it, it, you just knew it had no meaning, but it was fun. And the big question was, is Beck, is this guy going to be a like a novelty act? Is he going to be a one-hit wonder? Of course, he wasn't. But uh, this song really helped kick off the self-loathing of the 90 songs, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Zero and all that stuff really came after this. Saving all- 
it might have been a little overexposed on alternative radio, but it still stands the test of time to today. If you hear this song, it brings you as much joy as it did in 1994, at least for me. And that's why my number one song this week for the top five songs of 1994, Beck Loser. I love Beck. I love Loser. What's your uh, what's your alternate choice, just in case anybody wants to call you out for it uh, being out in 93? Well, that was actually what did come out in 93. There was like a little label and it played, played on college Long radio. Road. Right. Yeah. But then when they, I think Geffen picked it up. And then that's yes. when it came out in 94. So I know what you're talking about. All right. We'll give it we'll well, yeah. give you the slide then. But but that's when it came out in 94. Because remember the, the line in the We're talking, boy, you know? Well, you said somebody. So I just thought I want to make oh. sure I was that somebody you were talking about there. Well, you were. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just want to double check. But I remember when the song came out, because we were doing all kinds of promotion for it. And that line in the song, Get Crazy with the Cheese Whiz. And we were giving out Cheese Whiz on the street. And I just remember, like, there was all little things. It's back when radio was fun. You know, now yep. it's, like, not fun. But well, we can be, make it, it fun it if anybody be. wants to bring us on board. So, you know, definitely. Oh, there will sure. be cheese whiz for days. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. But I still love knows, that song. If you put me out on the streets, who knows what I can come up with. <laughs> <You know? laughs> awesome, Greg. All right, Brett, what's your number one this week? Well, you guys already know. I think I do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number one well, is... Well, tell us. Tell us. Girls and Boys by Blur. Really? Blur? So let it be said on the record, though, that while yep. I love Girls and Boys, it's not even my favorite song on the Park Life album. That honor would probably go to To the End or possibly End of a Century or Clover Over Dover. So why, you may ask, did I not pick one of those other tracks? Yes, Well, why? quite simply, why, Girls Brett? and Boys... I will tell you. Tell us why. It represents a pivotal moment in Britpop, mm-hmm. in the career of my favorite 90s band, and in my own personal narrative as a Blur fan. First of all, it returned the band to the UK Top 10 for the first time since There Is No Other Way in 1991, and they would be no strangers to the upper echelons of the singles chart for the next nine years. Now, I had kept up with Blur over the years through a late-night cable radio program called Out of the Box, which played the latest sounds coming from overseas, but it was seeing the Girls and Boys video on MTV Mexico, which believe it or not, they used to broadcast that on San Diego Cable back in the 90s. That was the uh, the video that made me go out and buy Park Life instantly. The rest, as they say, is history. One of my personal favorite recollections about the song was going to a Britpop club, I think it was Cafe Bleu in LA circa 1996. And yes, I went with a girl and no, I don't remember her name anymore. But what I do remember was the DJ playing girls and boys and the place just erupted into a communal euphoria that I will never forget. Every single girl and boy in that club sang along very loudly to every word. Love in the 90s is paranoid. All the lads in their parkas and mop top haircuts, including myself, had their arms around each other's shoulders bouncing in time to the beat and the girls in their mini skirts and perfect bob haircuts giggled in delight as they sang along. It was as if every problem in the world ceased to exist and everyone was living in that perfect moment drawn together by the love of this music.
And it's a pretty similar experience seeing the song performed live, which I've been fortunate to do at just about every given opportunity. For you see, however British the delivery was, within the cynical verses and trashy Euro disco gender bending groove is a universal message that transcends geographic boundaries. It doesn't matter who you are or who you love, but it always should be someone you really love. So I've counted my top songs on one, two, three, four, five fingers, and Blur's Girls and Boys is my number one song of 1994. And there's a lot of synergy with your picks, because remember you were talking when you first started your list about Elastica. Of course, Damon yes. was mm-hmm. married to the lead singer of Elastica for a while. Dating. And then, yeah. Well, Dana, I thought they were married, but I yeah, believe you. Never got married. Uh, never got, okay. Whew. Then he didn't lose all his money. Thank God. And then, um, you know, where you have, of course, Oasis and the whole Britpop thing. So that was the big thing for you in 94. That's for sure. It sure was. All great bands. Beautiful. Indeed. Thank you. Bueno, you're number one. All right. My number one is Simply Feeling Lazy, Marvelous, Beautiful and Telling Tales with Punch and Judy, with My Beautiful Day, Won't Change with Open Goals. Why? 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 Because of Lucky You. This is a, a song by uh, the Lightning Seeds called Lucky You. And uh, love this song. This is one of my favorite all-time songs. Uh, charted in the UK at number 43 in Germany at 60. Got to 38 on the US alternative charts. And there's an incredible music video. Please check this out. Oh, I'm always looking for that piece of magic. This is Lucky You. You make it by the lightning seeds ian brody just amazing a lot of brit pop this week mm-hmm. a lot of brit pop because if you remember no gallagher he was the guitar tech for lightning seeds mm-hmm. when liam said that he was going to start a band he said don't start anything till i get back i'm going to write the songs and then i think hence, that, that might have been uh, in spiral carpets you are correct I'm wrong again. Both are great bands. Yeah, they sound the same. You're right, because I have said in Spiral Carpets before, but Lightning Seeds, I do remember that band. I wasn't as versed on them as I should be, but I do listen to their music, and I do remember them from way back then. 94, I saw them. I think I said that one of the other episodes out there in Chandler. They were playing there, and nobody was around them, and I just walked up there and just watched them, and then all of a sudden I think they played Lucky You, and people just started like kind of like showing up and all right well there you go our top five songs of 1994 we didn't have any crossover which i'm very shocked we didn't no. we could have well here's my my list i'm going to run it down right now at number five it was love spit love change in the weather at number four enigma return to the innocence number three stone temple pilots with vaseline my number two song of 1994 veruca salt with seether and number one beck loser well, my list is all British, all one word bands and all great. Number five, Portishead, Sour Times. Number four, Supergrass, Caught by the Fuzz. Number three, Oasis, Supersonic. Number two, Pulp, Do You Remember the First Time? And number one, Blur, Girls and Boys. And my number five is uh, Dead Air Dick, uh, New Age Girl. Number four, Matthew Sweet, uh, Devil with the Green Eyes. Number three, Liz Fair, Supernova. Number two, R.E.M., Bang and Blame. And my number one is the Lightning Seeds, Lucky You. Solid list all around. Yeah. Yes. 
I would say loser was going to be like possibly, it. yeah, great job. That might have been the only crossover I was, I was kind of hopping Thinking off about. my list, kind of like in the top 10. That neither of you picked Bush or Green Day yep. still just amazes me. I was going to pick Green Day. Green Day, because I have, I remember Lollapalooza 94, because we had this CD that came out. It was like a Bud Light thing, and it was like Alternative Summer 94, and they had all these different bands on there, and they had this little band on there, Green Day, Basket Case. And of course, Green Day came out with Longview, got all that play on MTV, became stars, and that Basket Case, I'll never forget, Lollapalooza 94, we were at what was called Desert Sky Pavilion. It's been called Ashley. Who knows what it's called now? But it's on the west side of town. But all of a sudden, Green Day gets on stage. And it looked like water. It was like a wave. But it was people jumping over from the grass into the reserve area. And then they were pulling seats out of the concrete and were tossing them back. And the seats were tossed onto the lawn. And then that's when you knew Green Day Wow, this song is powerful and basket case. That's what just set them out into the stratosphere. What I'm amazed about most with 1994 is that a lot of these bands that we have talked about on our list today, they are still relevant today. Usually yeah, yeah. a music act, it has like a, a shelf life of, of maybe five years. That's what bands Timeless. have. And, right. Timeless these Uncle guys, Craig. you got Green Day, you got, you know, Blur, you got Beck, who's still putting out great music. Liz Fair. Liz Fair, she's going out on tour. I have. So I got one honorable mention though, which uh, I got like twenty seven. Well, I mean, I do too, <laughs> but I mean, I have one that it was really just. Uh, it's actually a backwater. Oh so, yeah, Meat Puppets. Yeah, Meat Puppets. Yeah. Yep. Um, see, that's a homer. I was going to pick them, but that song it it was a great song. Wouldn't make my list. Here are here are some of my uh, honorable mentions. Bush, of course, Offspring, Weezer. I was going to pick Whole Violet, but I was saying earlier that the live through this came out in 94, but that single came out in 95. So I didn't want Bueno to uh, stick me with a, uh, some sharp object because he'll, he'll keep you honest. That's for sure. And then also bad religion and rancid, all great yep. songs in 94. Yeah. Yeah. You got any Brett? I think I named mine already, but uh, the ones that came the closest were Elastica, Gene and a uh, great track from Elvis Costello's uh, brutal youth album. All right. Yeah, that's a great one too. Are we ready to get randomized? That's Steer what we got to do. Yes. Steer it up. And no whammies. Whammies. Why are you so scared of whammies? Because we can get, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Top five dance songs from Madonna or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready for this that. one? Yes. Yeah. Sticking with the top five songs, this is the, the third episode in a row, but... Going back to the year of 1983. Oh, cool. Great year. That's yes. a great year. It's about time we headed back to the 80s. Yep, definitely. A lot of new wave stuff then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So top five those. songs of 1983 next week. What's your list? You can tell us on Facebook. You guys, anything yeah. else? No, I was just... <laughs> All of a sudden, my you thoughts can, started going to the uh, that the the Kool Aid guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that's that's gonna be your little tagline. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh yeah. Oh no, that that's Randy oh, Macho yeah. Man Savage, right Randy there. Macho no, Man no, no, that's, oh, that's yeah. total Kool Aid man. Oh okay, all right. So yeah, so we don't want to well, do Randy. Macho I made man giant pitcher preparing you a over sugar drink. Yeah, see, well, Randy had more of a rasp, like, oh, yeah. But yeah. then the Kool-Aid guy was, oh, yeah. He had more of a <laughs> something like that. So a little bit different. He's a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
All right. I, I think my name's Brett. You know. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, guys. So what are you thinking here? We're going to wrap this up here in a second or what? We're waiting for you to say be bueno. So, yeah, you just said it. So let's uh, be bueno. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.